What would you do if you could do anything? Welcome back to The Purpose Effect. I'm Elena. You can reassess and change course. And I think in life, we should learn that, you know, we're allowed to course correct. We're allowed to test, experiment, come across blocks, learn, go again, try a different route. Like, we're just so afraid of failure. We're so afraid of learning. We're so afraid of being defective. There's nothing wrong with your design. There might be something wrong in how you're applying your energy. How do we live most authentically? How do we work best together in community? What should we trust, our gut or our mind? These are the questions that human design helps you to unpack. If you haven't heard of human design, you're not alone. I hadn't heard about it either until a recent guest on this show introduced me to it. It's also a relatively new field of study. It was originally developed by Ellen Robert Krakauer, who published the book The Human Design System in 1992 under the pseudonym Ra-Uruhu. Krakauer describes it as a practice of self-knowledge, and it brings together elements of astrology, Yi Ching, Kabbalah, and Vedic philosophy to create a bodygraph of yourself, which can teach you how to live in energetic alignment. Is this feeling a little far out for you? Because that's what I felt when I first started researching it. But then I met with human design coach B. Osman, who agreed to do a reading for me. And I was extremely surprised by what I found. B. and I had a brief phone call and I gave her the details she needed for my bodygraph, the place, date, and time of my birth. When we met for my reading, it was as if we had known each other for years. Or more specifically, it was as if she had known me for years. Nothing in her reading was new to me. The person she described was someone I knew intimately. It was me. So much so that when I chatted to her about the kinds of things that frustrated me or excited me, she nodded along knowingly. She even finished my sentences. As Ra-Uru-Ru says himself, Don't believe me. Don't trust me. Test this knowledge for yourself. B and I talk about the fact that everything is energy and how we are all designed to complement each other so that we can better work in community. But to begin with, we talk about what brought B to human design in the first place. For me, human design is this incredible tool to discover or in a way rediscover your unique energetic map or blueprint um, And knowing this map or blueprint will guide you towards a life of flow and ease. The system, I know it sounds a bit weird, combines Eastern and Western systems. It combines astrology and quantum science, the Hindu chakra system, the Chinese I Ching, and together it maps out your energetic code, so to speak. We're all coded at birth, right, Uh, which might be a concept that people will struggle to wrap their heads around. But really, I know it sounds woo-woo, I know it sounds airy-fairy, but for me, I've always believed that everything is energy. Everything is energy. Our intentions, our interactions, nature, the sun, the moon, that's all energy. And it makes sense that as human beings, like, 
there will be differences in how we apply this different energies, um, either for ourselves and how we move forward in life or how we interact as a community or in our family or at work, um, because we're just tribal beings by nature. So we, yeah, we all have a part to play as individuals and as part of a family. And we all have our wonderful gifts and we have all our strengths and it just works together so long as we live in alignment. If we remove the mental block around how we retrieve your human design, it really is a powerful tool to explore your innate wisdom and how to live more authentically. The entire basis of it is just how unique you are and how to work with that uniqueness. And in my personal experience and in all my readings so far, and I did this with you, like when I sat down with you, nothing in your human design chart will remotely surprise you. Yeah. It just validates everything you already know about yourself. So once we ease into ourselves and begin to love ourselves and cherish our gifts, there's this level of comfort and ease that comes with it. And we're no longer chasing who we are not but accepting who we are. And from there, we can live out our purpose in this lifetime. That's interesting. It's also interesting to me that you said, live out our purpose in this lifetime. Is there a relationship between human design and and reincarnation? Is that part of human design's teaching? Not all schools of thoughts follow it, but there is a layer of human design called the incarnation cross. So what are you incarnated in this lifetime? to live out what is your life theme in a way. Um, for me, I mean, lifetime can mean different things, right? Like this specific life could be the one and only life that you live, or it could be, I don't know, in quantum physics, we believe there's multiple versions of this lifetime, right? I, I don't know if you follow quantum physics or quantum manifestation. Maybe this is the life path that you're aware of, but there's another life path happening, so... Yeah. Okay. Yes. I'm familiar with this idea that there are multiple uh, life paths happening and that it's possible to make um, quantum leaps between them. Um, But let's start at the beginning. What are the different aura types and how does human design break down the different types of people that we all are? So this is the really, really high level. Like this is like level one of human design. If this is all you learn and if this is all that you take away from human design, I feel that it can already completely change your life. And it did mine. Yeah. Um, so the aura type, as you can imagine, is your energy, your energetic circle that guides you through life. And uh, humans have four main aura types and each aura type has a strategy how to apply your energy correctly, how to, you know, not meet resistance in life. And there's also signposts for when you use this energy the right way or otherwise. Especially now, pretty much everyone during the pandemic experienced some level of burnout, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so we're really familiar with this feeling of saying like, My energy is just not being used correctly. I feel stuck. I feel like I'm not growing. I feel really angry. I feel really bitter and I feel really disappointed. And you might hear different ways of describing that from different people. And that's because those are the signposts for each um, aura type. So if I dive into it, there are four aura types. There's the generators, 
um, and they're subtype manifesting generators. And these are the majority of people. This is 70% of the population. And you can see that the world is kind of built for generators. And then we have projectors, which I am, and we're 20% of the population. There's manifestors um, who are 10%, and then there's the very special, very unique reflectors who are 1% of the population. With the vast majority of people being generators or manifesting generators, which you are, yeah, <laughs> which I think is like a beautiful um, type because you have access to sacral energy. So if you remotely know about the Hindu chakra system, sacral is like the life force giving uh, energy. And it's like, it's fertility, but not just like um, humans making babies. It's also the fertile ground for creative ventures to create in life. So you are here to build, to do, to hustle, to create. Your aura is magnetic and it envelops people. It's this energy that you would describe as it lights up the room. Generators and manifesting generators light up the rooms that they're in if they're living in energetic alignment. Um, and they pull opportunities to them. They pull the people that they need to fulfill their life purpose to them. So their strategy here is to respond. Okay. And it's not answering a question or it's just responding to a sign, a feeling. Um, you might hear an ad on the radio and be like, that's a really great idea. I'm going to respond to that. Um, the universe is always sending you signs. So it's sending you people and sending you ideas and you're supposed to act on what lights you up, what brings you joy, um, which is key because sacral energy, while it's amazing, it's precious and you should not be applying it in any other way than what serves you joyfully. The difference between a generator and a manifesting generator is that manifesting generators they have what we call a complete energetic circuit between their sacral and their throat chakras or centers in human design. And this gives them the superpower to skip steps, to be multi-passionate, to switch between, uh, switch gears very quickly, which you said it really resonates with you. Um, yeah. yeah. And I think we discussed this when you did my reading. I kind of sometimes view my tendency to skip steps as a limitation. I'm at the beginning, I see the end and I'm like, okay, I, I need to get there quickly. And I skip the things in the middle that are actually a very important part of whatever it is I'm doing or creating or learning. Um, so I'm constantly trying to rein myself in a little bit and make myself complete all of the steps. But is that because society tells you you need to complete all the steps? Possibly, possibly. I mean, yes, enjoy the journey, <laughs> right? Enjoy the journey and not just like get to the destination, but you have a superpower in a way. Yeah. I mean, maybe it is. Maybe it's just that people often tell me I need to slow down and go through things systematically, which is not the way I'm wired. <laughs> but that's exactly what I mean. Like, you know, it might be a generator. It might be a non-sacral who cannot keep up with your energy around you because it's very quick. It, you can already see the end goal and you can get there. And, you know, some things need to be sped up in life and some things need to be slowed down. So it's just trusting that call. Yeah. But we're learning to understand that people work differently. We're learning to appreciate that people have different gifts. And uh, I just wanted to, with each aura type, um, 
try and explain to somebody, you know, how would, how would the generator or manifesting generator look like, right? And the easiest way to do that is to look at a, like a famous person. So if you think about, you have this person in your mind, Oprah Winfrey, the Dalai Lama, they're generators. And you can feel that. They're a bit calm. They pull things. They pull people towards them. And then Beyonce and Elton John are manifesting generators. And you're like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's intense energy. <laughs> they make things happen. They're multi-talented. Like, they're such forces of life. And you can see the energetic difference between just these two groups of people or like even within the same group, like, yeah, that makes sense energetically. Yeah. Um, so after generators, we have projectors, which I am, and this has really changed my life. And this, according to human design, this is a relatively new type in human evolution. And we're here to master systems. We are here to guide others. We Our aura is absorbed and focused. So this allows us to see deeply to see others deeply. The caveat is we can only do so or we can only share our insights. We can't help but see what we see, but we cannot share what we see unless we're invited to do so. Okay. So our strategy is wait for the invitation, but it's not like a passive waiting. It's show people that you have this gift, show people that you have this offering, show people that you're doing this thing and just wait for them to energetically align with you and call you in. So this is not like, oh, you know, what shall I have for dinner? I'm going to wait for the invitation for dinner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's really about big decisions in life. It's about, like, my life, I've realized, like, unconsciously has been a series of invitations. Oh, okay. I cannot get a job through Job Street, for example. I just can't. But... Um, I meet someone, I let them know what I do, I hand them my CV, and I'm invited in for an interview. And with social media, putting yourself out there looks different these days, and it's energetically correct for a projector to do so. So, you know, in work, in friendships, in relationships, like we need to be seen and we need to be invited. And this is something that I realized in my life, like if I tell somebody what I know or see or what I've, obs I've observed without them asking me to. Yeah. Energetic resistance. Okay. <laughs> it's like, it's, it's quite jarring, right? It's like, I, I didn't want to hear what you had to say, even though it's correct. I don't want to hear it. And you're like, well, thanks. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I put, I put a lot of thought and effort into this, um, insight. Um, you know, with my siblings, I hold back, I wait until they want me to say something. Otherwise it's not worth spending my energy. Um, and the other thing about all other types, so other than generators and manifesting generators, is that all of us don't have a defined sacral. So we don't have this consistent access to sacral or life force energy. So it's actually really important for us to understand this and to respect the ebb and flow of this energy. So we're not here to, we're not here to hustle. We're not here to push. We're not here to build, 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 do, 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 do. It's a big learning. So respect and learning that and understanding that is so big for people outside of the generator um, type. And then if I share with you who are some famous projectors and you're like, okay, I can sense that energy. Barack Obama oh. is a famous projector. And you can sort of see how he's a little bit different from 
Oprah and Beyonce. Like, I feel he has this gift of being able to see someone deeply and like guide. Yeah, twenty percent of the population are projectors, so they are. They're definitely you. Definitely have projector friends. Yeah. <laughs> so be kind to them. <laughs> you know, they they might need naps. They might need more rest than you do. Um, and that's like the takeaway um, that I want projectors and manifestors and reflectors to like, take away from this. Um, so manifestors, and I feel like the beautiful thing about human design is the use of language. So when I tell you what a manifestor is, you can sort of imagine what that aura type would look like. And yet they're here to initiate things. They're here to be the trailblazers, bring new ideas to life but they're not here to keep at it. They're not here to build that new idea endlessly, right? So they're here to bring a new idea, move on. Bring a new idea, move on. Their aura is closed and repelling. So they don't really take in other people's aura. And if they're not careful, they just push people away. So their strategy is to inform others. And this is not asking permission. This is just saying, hey, Elena, I'm going to go do that project. I'm not asking you for permission. I'm just going to do it. And you're like, oh, okay, you may, not, you may not be ready for it, but at least now you know. And you're like, okay, this is happening, like in a business, right? This is happening. We're, we're moving forward. We're acquiring a company. We're growing massively, but at least you were warned. And then you can choose whether, well, energetically aligned to me or it's not. You know, we, we all work together. So again, they're non-sacral, so they need to preserve their energy. It comes in bursts. Okay. One example of a manifesto is Adele. Okay. So you can see how she doesn't release music all the time. I think 19 was one album and 25 was one album. That's quite a big gap between two albums. It's not like, I don't know, Ed Sheeran or Beyonce or something who releases something every year, yeah. So Adele has her process. She goes back, she writes her music, and her music, I think each album is so different, and each album is saying something new or doing something new. And her gift, obviously, is to connect with people, so she releases music that she's called to create and release, and then she retreats, and then she releases. And I, like you can see the energetic difference with her and Beyonce, for example. Um, oh, and then we have Reflectors, the last type, and this is the rarest, like... I've only come across two reflectors in my immediate circle and they're children. So I'm like, oh, you know, I, I don't have, I can't dig into the insights about what this reflector um, truly looks and feels like, but I follow two reflectors online. And I'm just observing them. And um, so their aura is described as resistant and sampling. So while they are fully open beings, everything within them is undefined. And this makes them very powerful barometers of how well society is doing. Like they're constantly sampling other people's energy. And I used to think that this is like, oh, you know, they're always affected by other people. But it's actually not the case. They sample and if they don't like it, they'll release it and they'll like almost protect themselves. And because they're so energetically sensitive, like their strategy is a little bit harder to wrap around. Um, different phases of the moon affect you differently um, and different people affect you differently. So giving yourself time, giving yourself time to 
feel into things within a period of roughly a month, that will allow you to do what's energetically correct for you. So because reflectors are so rare, the samples of reflectors are very small. I don't know if you know Amachi, the hugging saint. No, I've never heard of her. So she's like this motherly, matronly figure, and she just sits in a temple. People come to her for hugs. Oh, wow. And apparently it's incredibly healing. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's such a beautiful description of what a reflector might be like. She's such an authentic expression of herself, and she's able to reflect back that energy for other people. So everybody has their gifts, and everybody is powerful in their own way. No one type is better than the other, like, and everybody's meant to work together. Otherwise, what's the point? Yeah, we all have our own gifts. We all need to celebrate our own gifts and find a way to work together that we can maximize, you know, all of the gifts that everybody is bringing to the table. But I wanted to ask how you learned about human design and how that influenced a slight change that you made in, in your professional life. Because you, when we spoke, when you did my reading, you mentioned that it was extremely powerful for you at that time to discover this about yourself because it made you see how perhaps what you were doing was not what you were energetically aligned to. Yeah. So it's quite a funny story. So I came across human design, I guess, naturally via social media sometime in the middle of the pandemic last year. I looked up my chart, had I had no idea what any of it meant because everything sat behind a paywall and I was just like, I moved on. And then I was going through an incredibly difficult time in my life, um, in my career, something wasn't right. Um, and then a friend of mine appeared in her Insta stories completely glowing and she made this business pivot and she mentioned that she was a projector and I was like wait wait I'm a projector too what does this mean I was like I need to find out more I need to find out what being a projector is all about so I made the effort first I devoured blogs and I was like okay I'm gonna go devour courses and I'm like wow this is enlightening I took a pause and I was like okay so the most painful area in my life right now is my career like is so unfulfilling and this work from home thing I hated it I didn't like it and I didn't know why and I, it's actually in my chart why as a projector I'm like okay so I need to show to people that I'm looking for a new job so I started asking my circles I, I started putting it out there I said hey if you've heard of anybody who's hiring please like, let me know and through that I completely changed career And it was, in a way, a quantum leap, like I am earning more than I thought I could. I'm in the management team of this organization. And that wasn't something that I thought was even possible. I've changed my life. Yeah. I want to bring this to other people. I want want to learn more so that I can support other people. So I started reading my friends' charts, my friends' parents' charts, my friends' children's charts. I just love sharing that with people. It was helpful for me when we did the reading, a lot of things fell into place. Like I recognized the person you were describing, but I also want to address the elephant in the room, which is because this is related to the location, the date and the place that you were born, it feels fated. And that's something that I struggle with because I have this idea and maybe this is cultural that um, you can be anything that you want to be as long as you you do the work and you, you take opportunities that come 
for you. So this idea that we are designed from birth to do a certain thing sometimes sits uncomfortably with me and, and perhaps it will with others. How did you feel about that? Did you feel any resistance or was this like a, actually a weight off your, your shoulders? You found, okay, yes, like now I understand why I've been feeling so stuck. Everything you say is true and I get it. The basis of human design is like pulling your natal chart in astrology. We need your date, your location of birth, your time of birth. So I think it's normal for a lot of people out there to be a bit skeptical. And you know what? It's not going to be for everyone and that's okay. There's, you know, Myers-Briggs assessments. There's even the Enneagram. I'm not sure if you know the Enneagram. And um, these are more you know, you could say scientific personality-based assessments. All of them are tools to understand yourself better. We're all just searching to understand ourselves better, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And I just want to add here that human design is in no way restrictive. And if you are with a reader or coach who tells you that you can only be a certain way or you can only do certain things because of your aura type, you should be wary. The point is you shouldn't be what your parents want you to be. You shouldn't be what your society wants you to be. You shouldn't be what is not energetically aligned to you. For example, projectors are not the only people who can be coaches. Like there are plenty of generator and manifestor coaches out there. Everybody has different things to teach. Everybody has different life experiences to share and different ways to support each other energetically. I might light up somebody else differently and then the next coach, for example, Human design doesn't inform this. It shows you how to go about it in the path of less resistance, right? It's all aligning and I'm just trusting the process even more. So when you are aligned and when you're living your life in a way that is energetically correct or aligned for you, what does it feel like? In human design, so you have your strategy as your generator or projector, But you also have signposts as to whether or not you're using your energy correctly. So they call it your signature. What's the signature that you're using energy correctly? Or what's your not self? What tells you that you're living in resistance? So, you know, I left a job that depleted me mentally and physically. And now I'm in a place that I'm recognized and I can do my best work. And as a projector, resistance makes us feel bitter. Yeah. It's such a strange thing to say. The signposts for... Um, projectors that you're living in alignment is success. And I don't mean like, oh, I'm a millionaire. No, I'm successfully using my energy in the right way. And that's what it feels like for me. That's what's beautiful about human design. The language used is so specific. That's why in the textbooks, it's called keynotes. That's a very apt way to put it. So for generators or for manifesting generators, alignment feels like satisfaction. Yes. Whereas resistance feels like frustration, like I just wasted, I just wasted my effort. I just wasted a day. Frustration is something that might come up for you. For manifestors, peace, peace is a sign that they're using energy correctly. And for reflectors, they will feel surprised and delighted by life. Life is bringing to them amazing positive things because they're in the right environment. They are surrounded by the right people. Life is good. Whereas if they're in a negative space, then they'll just feel disappointed. So you can reassess and change course. And I think in life, we should learn that, you know, we're allowed to course correct. We're allowed to test, experiment, 
come across blocks, learn, go again, try a different route. Like we're just so afraid of failure. We're so afraid of learning. We're so afraid of being defective. So I'm just saying that there's nothing wrong with your design. There might be something wrong in how you're applying your energy. And that as a coach, that's what I can help work things out with you, right? But then I think it's helpful to talk about deconditioning because I personally found that helpful when you explained it to me, this idea that you need to let go of what you're not. It's not about trying to be better at everything or skill stack or uh, be all of the things. It's about letting go of what you're not and accepting that and prioritizing the things that are naturally your gift. So yeah, maybe you can you can talk through deconditioning a little bit more. I think everybody has some form of signal in their body that something might not be quite right. Like something might not be quite right with this decision. For a lot of generators, it's the um, sacral authority, so it's the gut instinct. Mm-hmm. For um, somebody like me, my my authority is emotional, so I'm actually not supposed to make decisions in an emotional high or an emotional low. I'm not supposed to make decisions angry. I need to hold on, wait, feel the feelings. My lesson is in the feelings. And learning that I don't have to make decisions right now because that's not correct for me. Like that's also something I need to decondition and I need to decondition that I need to hustle all the time. I need to decondition that my mind is correct all the time, right? It's just not everything needs to have a logical reason and just trusting in the process brings you to places that you could have never even imagined. And that's also the concept in manifesting, right? You cannot imagine how you get there. You just need to want what it is that you want and then be that person who you want to be. Deconditioning is this process of unlearning, of releasing, of letting go. This is not me. This is not who I am. This is, this is my mind taking over. It's helpful for anyone, whether you believe in human design or not, is you know, to, to learn to quiet down the mind. This might be meditation for some people. It might just be taking some time to exercise or something. Just that moment with your body, the grounding. Learn to slow down. Learn to listen to your body. Learn to trust in what's energetically right or wrong for you, right? If, If that's a learning we took from the pandemic, and I think it's a powerful lesson for everyone, we don't have to live this way anymore. We all, you know, we can hybrid work. We can spend more time with family. We can, it, it, I, I see a shift now and I think that's a fantastic shift. And some people may not benefit from work from home. I can't. My work is better if I can collaborate. My work is better if I can bounce ideas of people. My work is so much better if we work together. And that's in my design. Like people bring out different gifts I'm something called a quadruple split definition. So my energetic circuits do not connect (laughs) on its own. I need other people to feed this energetic circuits, but not not in any fixed way. Like one person can never complete these circuits. I always, I feed off the energy of different people. It's something that I've always known. And now it's confirmed through human design. So let's talk about that a little bit more, the impact of other people on our undefined centers. So I think first it might be helpful to explain a little bit about what the undefined centers are 
and how you might need to be aware of the impact that other people could have on that. I mean, generally, energetically, we all know that another person can impact you, right? So, when you pull when you pull up your human design chart, there are there are websites online. You know, type in get your free chart, but unfortunately, they don't explain what any of it is. Um, so when you pull up your chart, you you will you will see a bunch of shapes. Some are colored in and some aren't, and um, these are called centers in human design. But we may be more familiar with the term chakras. Um, and I use both terms interchangeably because I think people understand chakras. So when I say centers, people might get a bit confused. So from top to bottom, it's the head, the ajna, the throat, the identity center, the ego, the solar plexus, the spleen, the sacral, and the root. Now, the specific color in a chart doesn't matter. When it's colored, it's defined. And when it's defined, it's consistent energy for you. So you have a defined sacral and it's consistent for you. My only undefined center is my sacral. This is inconsistent for me. It lights up when I'm around other people. If I'm around a generator, if I'm around a manifesting generator, it lights up. My son's a manifesting generator. (laughs) So... I'm lit up half the time. <laughs> and when you light up, you actually amplify this energy. So you have this huge burst of energy, but it's not necessarily yours. Okay. You're borrowing it, but it's not yours. You know, yes, you get impacted by other people's energy or you're impacting somebody else's energy, but both defined and undefined centers have their wisdom or shadow when you're in alignment is, you know, you apply it wisely and sometimes you, you know, don't apply it the right way. Um, and these are the things that you have to learn, right? Um, just because you have sacral energy, it doesn't mean that you have to use it, right? You use it for what lights you up. You don't use it just because it's there or you don't have a defined sacral. You may suddenly have this burst of energy around the sacral and then you're wiped out. So learning to respect the ebbs and flows and learning not to get swept up with other people is what you have to learn. So again, it's not about right or wrong. It's not about negative and positive. Like, oh, you know, I don't have a defined throat. It, I'm, not, I'm not a good speaker. Not necessarily because an undefined throat has a gift of saying what the other person needs to hear. And I think that's powerful in their own way. Um, an undefined solar plexus, so the undefined emotional center, you can feel what the other person's feeling. So this is what we normally refer to as an empath. And again, these are powerful gifts, right? So you just need to learn what's energetically not yours. For an empath, it's good for you to take time out and discharge and see, well, was I really angry or did I just get swept up in the moment? Was I absorbing a negative feeling from somebody else? So unawareness and conditioning can lead us to our not self, can lead us to living a life that's not in alignment. And a person with bad intentions could, for example, be energetically seeking out an empath. Somebody might want to use a generator or you can you can work for 12 hours. I'm going to make you work 12 hours. But you know, that's life. This all can occur in life. Some people have bad intentions. So being energetically aware, being in alignment, being 
knowing your true self, your full self and what you're here to do, I feel like that could help you avoid all this. Like if your gut or the splenic authority goes, oh, this person's bad for you. You listen to it rather than apply logic. You might avoid the Tinder swindler. (laughs) (laughs) I think the issue there was that those women weren't feeling anything in their gut, perhaps, that something was off. But I'm pretty sure that they had some sign. They, they're, they're always red flags, but you ignore it because you get swept up in a moment. And yeah. So the journey that you've been on from when you discovered human design um, and when you changed careers, not only, you know, changing your main career, I suppose, but also took on human design coaching as as a side hustle, what does purpose mean to you? And has that changed what purpose means to you? I don't think it's changed it, but maybe it's defined it better for me. Purpose has always been about, to me, living a life that's authentic and true to you. It always has been. It may not be a specific gift. It may not be any specific one career path. I've never subscribed to that. Um, Your purpose may just be the role you play in your community. It may be the role you play in your family. I prefer finding meaning, like the micro meanings in your day-to-day. Like, you know, I I am in a meaningful connection at work. And I have, my, my life is a network of meaningful connections and I just feel like that's my purpose these little meanings can build up to a higher purpose when you look back on your life path and, you know, human design, their their perspective on purpose is in, um, is in someone's incarnation cross or life theme. And this is basically how all your different gifts work together and consistently appear as a theme in your life. For me, my theme is to empower others through, love and beauty. <laughs> and I've always, I've always done that. Even when I was a teenager, I remember sitting in front of my friends, like, you are beautiful and strong and intelligent just the way you are. Like I was coaching people from the beginning. Like <laughs> I've always been able to see the beauty in people and I can see how my purpose plays out even back then and now. And it's a theme in friendships. It's a theme in my workplace. Like I remember when I left my first job after seven years and somebody said to me, thank you for being so kind. It's something that I take so much for granted and I just execute in my life, but it means something to someone. Yeah. And that's just a theme that keeps coming up, right? So, you know, I do have my specific gift. You know, I am who I am. I am not who I'm not. Purpose is learning what this is and how you can contribute, right? I think if the purpose is to live for yourself, it's no point. Yes. Yes. I I really resonate with that. Um, Purpose is about finding, finding what it is that you can do really well and using that for service. Yeah. But thank you so much for your time today, B. I've really enjoyed this conversation and I found that learning more about my human design. And I think in particular, learning what I need to decondition and where I am undefined has been really helpful for me in kind of accepting, you know, my gifts and and also the things that are not energetically aligned for me. 
That's amazing. And Elena, thank you for the invitation. Thank you for trusting me with your chart. And then thank you for going through this journey with me. Thank you for listening in today. And if I were to take away three things from my conversation with B, they would be, firstly, that it's okay to not be the things that you're not. Let go of your not self. Those gifts that you might be chasing are somebody else's, and that's okay, because you have your own. And secondly, the world is built for generators and manifesting generators because we make up the majority of the population. It's built for builders. And if that's not you, then accept that maybe the best way for you to contribute is by going at your own pace. Honor the pace that feels right for you because the downtime may be when you're doing your best work. And thirdly, and I think this is really important, sometimes this idea of finding purpose feels heavy. And for anyone who doesn't know what their purpose is or is content exactly where they are, it can be a burden. And considering that I champion finding purpose, I want to hold my hand up and say, I'm sorry if I'm making this too weighty. I really liked B's suggestion of finding the micro meanings in life. That's enough. And looking backwards at all of those micro meanings will probably show you a common thread. If you want to get in touch with B or if you want to learn more about human design, all of the details are in the show notes. And if you want to talk about what resonated or didn't in this episode, then join our Facebook community. The link to join is also in the show notes. And you'll hear from me again next week. Bye.